0: Welcome to the Omni Gamers Club podcast. This is Mark USA. And this is Daniel Winter. And
1: this week we're honored to be joined by a, a special guest, one of our favorite podcasters and fellow BC boy. Welcome, Aaron. Hello. Hey, Aaron. Might know you from some other podcasts, Boards Alive and Cult Callback. Is that? No. Cult Classic. Cult, cult classic callback. Cult classic. It's, it's, there you go. There you go. You always missing something. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you've obviously curated a lovely uh collection of guests over on your podcast. Present company excluded. Uh, so we thought we'd give you <laughs> you a chance to, to guest on uh on another. I, I disagree.
2: I felt like <laughs> both of you were wonderful guests on my podcast and I enjoyed my discussions with both
1: of you. So uh, present company not excluded on. on that <laughs> I'm looking forward to your next. I just I just downloaded your next episode with uh, Chris Chung. Is it?
2: Yeah, Chris from, from out in Ontario. So another fellow Canadian.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. He uh, designed Spell Smashes, a game yes. that taught me that I don't hate word word games. So nice. Yeah. Looking forward to that episode. <laughs> nice, yeah, and he designed Lanterns, which is like a classic. Oh, I've not tried that. Point.
2: Yeah. No. It's a it's a very good entry level game. So excited for his work on the new my little pony game that's yes. that was a big part <laughs> of our discussion was the Speaking my little Pony so i was like yeah i'm very interested
0: in seeing what this game is like. <laughs> well, yeah, license, like license games are not are no slouches anymore like um one of the guys that uh, is a designer here locally uh, in the vancouver area uh jay cormier uh, his partner sam Lim, mm. uh they have put out like hit after hit after hit of these licensed game titles in a whole range of title uh, of genres, not to mention Jay's first self-published title to mind management is, has been a real Mm, game shaker to excuse the pun. So yeah, (laughs) licensed games are no slouches these days.
2: No. And it's a play, it's a renegade game one. So it's, 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 it's sort of based off of their, like all their cooperative uh, deck-building games, like G.I. Joe and Power Rangers and Transformers. Transformers yeah, so similar system yeah. to that, then. Okay. Yeah, I'm not so. any of that. Have, you, have you played any of those? I played the G.I. Joe one, and it is awesome, but okay. it is also because I loved G.I.
1: Joe as a player. <laughs> See, I'm a little too young for any of those 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 uh, um, licenses, unfortunately. Pa- I think Power Rangers is is the closest hit for me. <laughs> this fresh-faced
0: youngster. How do we how do we deal with them? I know. I think we should just kick them off and you and I can have a conversation. We talk about old things. It's a Transformers like, power hour. Like floppy discs. It's like we know what we're what we're dealing with. That's right. I've beheld a floppy disk uh-huh. and touched the little film inside. It's pretty funny. <laughs> What uh, have you been playing, Aaron? I know that you enjoy the the board games and the video games, just like us, so that's another reason I thought of you first.
2: Yeah, (laughs) uh, the the one one game that I wanted to talk about that I played semi-recently was Twa, a, a, I guess at this point, classic Euro game that I'd never played in person. I'd played online before, but I'd never played in person. And so recently, Asmodee, uh, I requested a copy from them, and I got a chance to play it. And it is a very well-balanced game. If folks don't know, it's like a dice worker placement game where you have dice, but other people can buy your dice. And mm. so you can buy other people's dice too. And often like the higher-valued dice are better than the lower-valued dice, so you're often buying those ones right away. And you're, you, you kind of are like... Managing your money because money is very tight because you're using it to buy dice often and stuff like that, but you're just triggering some of these basic actions on the board and you're trying to garner victory points and set yourself up to, you know, be powerful on different spots on the board. You can get more dice by putting some of your people into different locations on the board, but then you have to pay their salary at the start of every round and all that kind of stuff. So it has a lot of that like very classic euro feel. It looks like a classic euro <laughs> and and so I came away from it being like this game is is quite good, but there's just nothing drawing me in. There was nothing hmm. that, that made me want to play more. And I've played Black Angel, which was sort of a realization mm, cool. of it. And I also liked Black Angel well enough, but it also didn't really draw me in. Even the Ladies of Trois expansion, where you have a, a purple die that no one can buy from you, which I actually don't think is that good. I think the the, the enjoyable like part of the game is that you're buying from other people and you're mm. stealing from them. And so having like a, a set die that's always going to be yours is I don't know, it kind of waters down what the game is meant to feel like. And so, anyway, so it's a from the
1: core I, of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that the expansion didn't do really anything to make mm. it better. But to I think I I just walked away from it being like, this is good and I totally see why some people love it, but it's just not good enough for me to keep in my collection at this point you know like it, it, it just it was missing that thing that kitschy thing to draw me in so yeah i don't know what have you have either of you had a chance to try this one
1: no, I've not played either. Uh, they've been on my bucket list for a long time. I'd certainly be more inclined to go for the more thematic version with Black Angel. It's got a very stunning graphic design, the mm-hmm. very least. And I mean, yeah. Mark and I are both big sci-fi fans, obviously. So I think we'd uh, we both be down for that. But uh, yeah, I don't uh, know that all that much about it mechanically, to be honest.
2: The the one thing with Black Angel is it has that Ladies of Troy thing built in. Mm. So you, I think you pick a die. Every, it's been a while since I played that one, but, like, you pick a die every round that you save for yourself. And so, so that just keep that in mind, that that maybe I mean, I, when I played Black Angel, I en- I enjoyed it well enough as well. Uh, not enough for me to, like, go out and buy it. I was just hoping that Twa, that classic Euro vibe, would just grab me, and it totally didn't. So, yeah
0: yeah that's a shame because uh dice allocation games dice manipulation games are some of my Mm. favorites because they Mm -hmm. they sort of like upend that whole you know input randomness thing with with dice rolls right it's like dice drafting dice allocation i can think of a couple i really like or i i appreciate i guess i appreciate Mm. those these game designs where whereas i don't love them like Lorenzo il Magnifico. I don't know if you guys have tried that one out. Yeah. That one's cool. I, I
2: just got I just got the new big box in like oh, today. That's right. Yes, so <laughs> uh, I'm I punched it out and everything. I, that is one that I really like because everyone has the same dice at their disposal, and so that right. one was quite interesting in 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 that way. And even though yeah, that so one, that's... see, that's the weird thing is that like even though that one is also a mostly soulless, themeless euro. I dig that one more because it has more like engine building and and mm. that kind of stuff in it than with Trois. Trois is very like straight ahead, Euro.
0: So. Right, and then another one I like quite a bit that involves dice drafting, but it is pretty interactive because because you're sort of cutting people off. Is Grand Austria Hotel? Oh, I love players. that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very cool. You, I haven't played too. it enough to really dig my teeth into it but the two or three times i've played i've really enjoyed it
2: yeah i love that game that's one of my favorite two-player euros because it's i love dice drafting so much (laughs) and just the like room setups you have to prep the rooms and then you can trigger the actions to fill the rooms and all that stuff oh yeah no that game's so good i love it i love it
0: i think those types of games that have dice succeed where you have like a personal puzzle a personal game and then you have a shared game where you have to compete over the dice that you draft or where you place the things i like that they the successful ones i feel mix both aspects it's not multiplayer solitaire but it's not <laughs> cutting uh you know a cutthroat at, at every single moment
1: mm-hmm. yeah really did you, did you teach me uh grand austria hotel sometime mark <laughs> i've not got chance to try that one
0: I think there's an implementation on... Um, what cut is it, you cut... Yeah, yeah I've I played a couple of places online. It's pretty good. Um, how about Excellent. you, Daniel? What have you been playing?
1: Uh, for a few different things, I actually met up with a couple of our uh, mutual friends from Adventure Dice, Blair and Andrea, this last weekend. went out to a, a new, or relatively new, board game cafe that, uh, Mark, I believe you actually interviewed them on your other podcast... Tesco's games, the the raving gamer bistro. It's a relatively new. It's a cafe, but it's more of a restaurant. They actually they do full on meals and everything, with with a a nice board game library, and a little uh, retail space. Uh, So we went out there and played a few games, and that we had a lovely time. It's all sourced locally. So like local farms, local breweries, uh, all focused around, around eat local, I guess. And, uh, yeah, tasty food, nice service, played some good games. That was, that was a lot of fun. What did we were to be playing. We played fleet dice, Ooh. uh, which I've only played solo until recently, which I, which was really fun. Obviously that ticking off boxes. It's one of, one of the heavier roll and write games We you have two sheets, each and you're ticking off boxes every which way sometimes sometimes too many boxes i will say it's just you 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 get a a combo bonus that combos into another bonus and then like well have i finished ticking off all the boxes from the first one yet Uh, like it's hard to remember how many bonuses you have now Uh, so it's a lot to keep in mind and I, i think we all inadvertently missed Missed some bonuses, or ch- inadvertently cheated, or something along the way. But uh, a lot of fun because you, you're basically drafting dice. There's two sets of dice. There's one that's collecting certain types of fish, and there's another one that's uh, investing in in particular sort of buildings on the docks. And you're you, each round you're drafting one of each set. And, and ticking off respective boxes and a, and a nice little engine builder. Like you're, you're, you're ramping up combo abilities and collecting fish each round. And uh, yeah, I quite, quite enjoyed that one. Nice. Yes. Have you tried Three Sisters? They're newer... One? No, I really need to try that one. Uh it's I mean that's that's the other uh, yeah, that's by the same designers. Yes. Uh, yeah. Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback. That's that's the one. Yeah. Uh yeah, no I really I would really like the theme for that one obviously. So I'm I'm quite keen to try that. Uh and what's what's the they're coming out with another one, or oh, there was one other very similar yeah, it's sort like of a, it's heavier like
2: car themed one. I, I oh, the City of. is that it? Yeah, I think. Sure. Yeah, no,
1: I've not tried that either.
2: Yeah. It, 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 well, it's it. I don't even think it's out yet. I think they just kickstarted it not that long oh, ago. Of course, so
1: yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: But the, I, I'm I'm very intrigued by those like chunky roll and write <laughs> games. Uh, the And I've heard really good things about Fleet the Dice Game. I've never tried it. I've heard really good things about Three Sisters. So it's definitely both of those are ones that I'd, I'd be totally into trying at some point.
1: Hadrian's Wall is the other big one right. I need to try. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of um, Sean Phillips's games. So, I, yeah, very, very curious about that. that Mark, one, have you tried
0: any of those? I, no, I haven't. The only Roland Wrights... I have played with any frequency is cartographers, which I like because it's Mm -hmm. nice and compact. It's very small. Although I think there Mm -hmm. are expansions that sort of expand, extend what you can do. Um, But I've seen the art for Hadrian's Wall, and I'm excited that it's like a it's like a restaurant placemat for children (laughs) size (laughs) that you can fill up. Yeah, that really stirs something inside me from <laughs> growing up in the '80s and drawing on the restaurant placemats and filling out like at white spot or, or whatever you get yeah, here. I, I
1: absolutely borrow my my daughter's colored pencils when I'm playing roll on
0: rice. <laughs> but I haven't played those. But I, I'll I'll ask you to to show show me how for sure, Daniel. As for me, I haven't been playing a lot in the way of board games. I've been doing the regular... Actually, I've been playing a little bit more of some older titles on Board Game Arena. Still the primary way I get to play games these days. I've been playing some more... What is it? Century Spice Road? Which is Mm. like a light-ish sort of trading, mild-ish engine-building game from... I think it's Emerson, right? Emerson... Matsuchi, uh, whose games game designs I really appreciate. I like some of his other games designs, like Reef, and there's another one I can't think of right now. But that he one, did Specter Ops, which I still oh. have in my collection. Uh, and and of course, all the other games in the Century line, Emerson yeah. is responsible for those as well. But only Spice Road is on uh, BGA. Been playing some of that, and I just booted up another uh, game of Great Western Trail, oh. which Daniel and I. Put, uh, <laughs> and it's a bit of a beast so i wanted to sort of uh, kick the tires on that again and for some reason it booted up the old first edition which i'm not (laughs) enjoying nearly as much oh Oh, i didn't
1: think there was a huge difference in mechanics other than a couple of it was it relatively minor mechanical changes right i just
0: just got used to the new art so i was like
1: (laughs) uh oh they have the old art too
0: yeah, okay. exactly. So a bit I'm shocked
1: like, by those uh, those three uh, uncanny valley dudes staring at you. Yeah, exactly. I'm like,
0: what is this white dude? <laughs> 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 is this white dude,
1: three percent. So the same.
0: So I played a certain video game, which I can talk about at length, but maybe we should kick it back to Aaron. I mean, for me, for video games, I've been
2: all over the place. If people don't know, if they don't follow me on Twitter, I had a weird um, health thing recently where I had like emergency surgery and I was laid up for for a few days and so I was not playing a lot of board games really but I was playing a lot of video games and and uh one of the things that I just keep coming back to (laughs) is MLB the show 2022 it is it is one of those games that like it hits the board game need that we all have of collecting because there's this whole <laughs> mode called Diamond Dynasty where you earn cards. And so you open packs. It's like the dumbest, mm-hmm. you know, that classic like booster packs, booster box, all that bull crap that we all, you know, hate and, and cry out about. But yet it is so, so fulfilling when you're like completing little collections and, and they every month they have new goals for you and new missions and new sets of cards that are like classic you know i the other day i just got a ken griffey jr c- cover of the show kind of thing from you know 15 years ago or whatever because i grew up loving ken griffey jr or whatever like all these classic people that you get to slot into your your lineups and then actually use them in little games that you play and they're all like A lot of the things are like three inning games, so they're short. It's not a really long, drawn out thing. Or there's things called like moments where you're just doing your player locked as one player and you're doing a special thing, trying to like walk it off with a home run or whatever. And so it's all these little minute things that you do that earn you points and earn you whatever doodads and wing wangs that you cash in for (laughs) for more packs or you do certain like goals and that gives you xp and so that unlocks more stuff like it's just everything that i love in video games with like with all that stuff with collecting with gaining xp mixed with a sport that i that i love so very much and so it is just every every time i'm like i got like 15 minutes i just turn it on play a couple moments and i'm done kind of thing and so uh yeah i just can't stop playing it and it it's wild like i haven't spent any money and i got it on game pass so it's free so it's like so it's not like it's not like i'm i'm you know it's not like I'm playing Fortnite and buying all of these hot new skins or whatever, but it has a lot of that like that DNA of those types of games as service games. I just play it enough that I don't have to actually spend my money. I'm just investing my life and my time into it. But the other nice thing about it is I can play it when my kids are around, right? Like some mm-hmm. games, I, I booted up Returnal today. You know, I don't really want to play that in front of my kids because it's like dark and there's kind of like creepy alien things and you're shooting stuff. And I don't really like playing shooting games in front of my kids. And so baseball and floppy nights, which we're going to talk about, (laughs) but they're good games that I can just play while my kids are around, too. And so. So, yeah, so I just can't stop playing this game. It's so, so good. People, if you like baseball at all or collecting baseball cards or any of that kind of stuff. Totally try it out. And because it's on Game Pass, and I know you boys are, are huge proponents of Game Pass, uh, it is very <laughs> easy to, to try out.
0: You get paid by Microsoft.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the other in, the, in the Game Pass bucket. Uh, I was going to say, so just, just to show my my uh, sport ignorance, we are talking baseball. Sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah. right. I, okay. I'm I I 100% part sure for half of that conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, coming crazy. from wow. a country where baseball isn't even a thing. So, so these cards you're collecting, each card is a, like a player, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, okay. they
2: embody a player. They have different stats. Like you can have multiple. Like So one of the biggest players in baseball right now is a guy named Shoei Otani. He's out of Japan. He, he both pitches and hits. So it's like a cool thing. I have multiple different versions of him, right? You can only ever field uh-huh. one in your lineup but you there's like some that are better than others right and they have different <laughs>
1: exactly
2: exactly and so so yeah so it's each card that you get represents a player either from the past or a current active player in baseball.
1: okay so how much time are you spending Opening packs, managing your teams, as opposed to actually playing baseball.
2: <laughs> pretty. I, w- I play more than I manage. Okay. It's, not, it's not like a, like a general. I don't play the like general manager version where you're actually trying to make trades and all that kind of stuff. I do get okay. to play more than open packs and, and all that kind of stuff. But, oh, boy. It's, you still get that dopamine hit when you open oh, that yeah. pack. I got, a, I got a Vladdy Guerrero Jr., which for people, if you don't know, he's like the best player on the Toronto Blue Jays, which is my favorite team. I opened a pack today <laughs> and got him. And so like that was, I was like, oh, yes, there we go. That's what I need. So, you know, straight to the vein, straight to the vein.
0: <laughs> for Daniel's sake, I remember that when I was growing up, the 80s and 90s, baseball cards, like collectible baseball Mm. cards, were the biggest, such a huge cultural (laughs) phenomenon Mm. in Canada, of course, but America primarily. I mean, it was a pastime and a craze that Mm -hmm. lasted since, what, the 30s, probably? This is the classic Willie Mays rookie card sort of thing (laughs) in the pack with the stick of gum. Mm -hmm. I remember taking the C bus from North Van down to Granville street in Vancouver, where, where, you know, Daniel, you and I live going down to golden age collectibles. This was before they downsized and half, (laughs) half of the store was comic books and half of the store was sports collectible cards. And they would just have them in display cases like magic, the gathering cards today. And they would have, they would all be in these, Lucite little uh, pockets <laughs> for protection with an individual price tag on each, and you could collect these. And it was just a phenomenon. Like, Magic the Gathering and all CCGs only exist because mm. the phenomenon of baseball cards. There wasn't cards.
1: even a game around those. Like, there is the, pre- it's the pretense of the game with Magic and, and Pokemon, but the, the baseball cards is just... The collectible. I know my, my, my grandmother had a collected a bunch of um, rugby was the sort of equivalent in Australia, and yeah. she collected a lot of those on my behalf. but I had no interest in the actual sport. So my my actual uh, trading card of choice was uh, the Power Rangers movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh God, movie collectibles and t- <laughs> like I'm sure there was like Happy Days and Cheers and stuff. <laughs> what were people thinking, oh, back in the eighties. Uh, that just gives me a nostalgia hit, so I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah,
2: and and you don't also waste room in your house with all of those things. True, There's true. just a digital <laughs> version
1: that's not taking up space. So, come oh, on, you, you know you want that feeling of the cellophane though right?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what have you all. been playing? Oh, me. Okay, back to games. Stitch it up. <laughs> that's a baseball term. Um, for me, my obsession uh, for the last little while has been. The story was: I told you last episode that I've been playing uh, Elden Ring. I was like, "Yeah, hmm. this is pretty good. I'm enjoying myself. Cool," but like not diehard, not as diehard as you, Daniel. But I have Elden Ring installed on my gaming PC, which is sort of on the fritz. So I I had <laughs> the, the the thought: Oh, I'd like to keep playing something like this but I want to play it on my Xbox upstairs in the living room. And I just recently saw that the Dark Souls series, the, all of the games were on sale on, on Xbox. So I picked up Dark Souls 3 after doing a little bit of research. The whole expansion, everything, for 25 bucks Canadian. Nice. Uh, nice. Pretty sweet. He finally actually paid money for a game. <laughs> no, yeah, I did. And it's really, it's really hitting the sweet spot. Like, I love... Metroidvania games mm. more than open world games. So for me, like the revelation is kind of going backwards from Elden Ring <laughs> to Dark Souls because I never really did the Dark Souls thing. I guess Elden Ring trained me up on the basic mechanics and the basic sort of mindset that you have to mm-hmm. have to play those types of FromSoft games. And it hardened me up, I guess, to <laughs> accept the failure and accept- to die, <laughs> accept the constant death and the game loop essentially. And I think that the pace of it is more fitting to what I'm looking for, because mm-hmm. everything's level based and. You could argue that it has a linear path. It sort of branches open a little bit. A little more. bit, yeah, yeah. But the design, game design of it, I can appreciate the game design a little bit more because it's directed more. More, more of a guided experience
1: than an yeah. Elton Ring, which is a little, can Even, be a bit overwhelming. <laughs> right.
0: Even though there aren't like mission logs or whatever on Dark Souls 3, I, I appreciate the really tight design of it. I'm enjoying it to bits, and I'll probably continue playing it a lot. And uh, it'll probably... Convinced me to go back to Elden Ring <laughs> once I've had the run of Dark Souls Three. So I'm one like, thing I
1: really miss about Elden Ring that was much more of a thing in those older games was the feeling of like working your way through a dungeon, and going through this gauntlet of enemies, and finding a door, opening it up, and it's a shortcut to somewhere that you'd already been, and you've just cut off this huge like you, you've you've created a shortcut for yourself to cut out a huge annoying part of the game, and like that that sense of everything is connected like you only get that a little in a few small sections of Elden Ring whereas the whole game in Dark Souls was like that. Now like I I never get bored of that moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. That's like right to the core of that Metroidvania DNA. Yes, yeah. You know, I know that you love the 2D one, the one with the bugs. What is it? Hollow Knight, like, right? Oh, yeah. That's a, such a gem. I don't have nearly as much patience for the precision <laughs> part, for it, but I still played that one quite a bit and I appreciated the artistry of it yes yeah
2: that game's awesome i love metroidvania games so much like that is so much even in returnal already there's like some of that with the like you find new stuff that allows you to access things i'm already Mm -hmm. excited just for that little aspect of of that like metroidvania type of
0: thing Yeah, it just hits a part of my brain that I just love. It's like the connection. It's like, snap, it fits together. Like putting (laughs) together a Gundam model or something like that. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How about you, Daniel? What about uh, what's been taking up your video game time?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll keep it brief so we don't uh, run too long here. But I mean, we've obviously talked a lot about Halo over the course of the podcast. And I mean, I'm I'm still recovering from Elden Ring and catching up on some older things that I missed and some indie games. But this last week, I finally wrapped up Halo Infinite, the latest game, and I mean the fact that it took me so long to finish it might uh, spoil the lead on the uh, on on what I where I ultimately fell with it. It's a game that left a really strong first impression. It like the the core gameplay loop is so snappy. Uh, jumping, out, you got you got a hook shot now. That you you like, grapple around and you can you can easily. Cro- Traverse the battlefield and get around behind enemies and circle around and and pull guns to you, pull explosive barrels to you. It felt there's it a lot more opportunities for improvising on the fly in the battlefield. So that that call it was great. Unfortunately, you then do the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> there's this pretense of the open world in the game. But they really don't do anything interesting with it. I feel it's the same. It's, it's only one biome. Basically, it's the, 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 the map basically looks the same uh, across the whole world. You're doing the same little mini objectives, like saving groups of, of Marines and, and destroying um, these, these outposts. It's like it's sort of the Far Cry 3 model of go to the outpost, clear it out, go to the outpost, clear it out, like with any small variations. And then you, you do have these levels, where you, like, the, the actual scripted levels that you go into, but even those feel very, felt very repetitive. Like, they're using the same, like, repeating the same level geometry, so you're seeing the same thing over and over again. So I was a little disappointed there. I, I kind of burnt out on on not really getting those big, uh, like, the, the old-school Halo, they had, they had these big... Uh, landmark levels that were so creative and unique even if they repeated they they, they, sometimes they repeated those levels you do you do play through the same level in reverse but this is just the same thing over and over again so i I was a a little disappointed with that unfortunately
2: that was totally how i felt about halo infinite i felt like it started so strong and some of those early missions and set pieces the tension was high and the action felt great and and frenetic and then you kind of got halfway into the game and everything just felt samey. <laughs> and I, I just gave up on it. Like, really I didn't... Really
1: plateaus. of Like, yeah. just very, very formulaic. Like, there's, how many times you, go, you work through a level, you, you go to a tower, you work your way to the top of the tower, you press a button... And then the hologram of the big bad appears and 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 yells at you for five minutes. And like yeah. it's just a hol- every time it's a hologram, it's the same hologram, the same guy is yelling yeah. at you again. And It's like so many times, it's that same routine. And <laughs> a lot of the bad guys looked the same, so yes, it's like yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I killed this guy, didn't I? Oh wait, no, I didn't. You know, so it it was it, the storyline wasn't engaging, and it just really fell flat. There's so many better. Games out there right now that that we have at our disposal that I just I just never went back to it. So
0: I probably gave up earlier than you two guys did. I probably <laughs> gave up after maybe five or ten hours. Like for all the reasons that you mentioned, uh, it felt quite repetitive and also quite aimless. I just mentioned that aspect of Elden Ring that I didn't love—the sort of the like, aimlessness, even though you had lots of pins on the map to hit. I sort of got that Ubisoft open world malaise where I'm like, if there are so many things for me to do, nothing is really important.
1: <laughs> so nothing why is. why go do them?
0: I don't know. Maybe this is just a realization I'm having that maybe I'm not <laughs> for open world games that they're not good for me. Uh, obviously, you got to give props to the engineering. Like that game looks mm. so good. And
1: the core um, loop, yeah, it, it is yeah. fun. It, it plays so snappily and smoothly. Uh, the the gunplay is is still great. There just, is nothing much interesting to do with it. <laughs> the co op's coming, right? Yes, yeah, so I was going to say that it's coming up very soon. So I, I, I'm I'm curious uh, to try that sometime. See if that sh- shakes up the dynamic enough. And I, 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 they've not said if they if they're going to like add story DLC, which I have to imagine they're going to. They've invested so much in this engine and this open world, they have to add more to that, I, w- I would hope. Because the, it was the, it was the ending was a bit of a cliffhanger, as, as you'd expect from a Halo game. You, you didn't finish the fight.
0: <laughs> Hard to say what they're going to do with, with expanding the game, because it kind of has been out for a little while now. When yeah, six months, it, I think. It, it had its splash, and it kind of really hasn't had a resurgence, uh, I guess because people have moved on to other things, uh, or they went back to their um, Battle Royales the fortnights.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I just say last episode though, uh, on a, on a tangent, one thing I, I, I was actually surprisingly that I enjoyed was the halo TV show. Uh, I got hmm. a, I got a free month on paramount plus and, and checked that out. And I was, Oh yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. It really digs in. It, it's, it's, there's very little shoot the aliens in that show. It is 90% digging into the, the politics and the bureaucracy of the, of, of the, the human factions. Like like they're all fighting within the, like the, the government and military all fighting and like pretty objectively the bad guys, like they're not, they are not good people that you're largely following, but uh, there's some really interesting explorations of, of like morality and uh, humanity in there. So I, I, I quite enjoyed that.
0: I like the show too. I'm not going to spoil anything, but you know, <laughs> if you got the, you know, if you got the time, it's only nine episodes. Mm. The production quality is great. It, they obviously had budget constraints. The but, CG
1: but, uh, is a little sketchy here and there, like the actual alien. But otherwise,
0: yeah, the production is really good. I thought costume sets are I really great. I just got so jazzed when I saw the suit, when I saw the <laughs> battle rifle, when I it saw the, the <laughs> Like everything everything you could produce as a practical effect mm. in that, in that show, they just nailed it. It just like stirred my soul. Yeah,
1: great, great um, cast too. Really diverse range of characters and 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 people there. So yeah, I I get 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 your free month of Paramount and at least try a couple of episodes. I reckon.
0: Yeah, it has a lot of promise. I don't think it's it's the earth shaking space epic. not the
1: landing counts. or anything, though? You <laughs>
0: what? But you know, it's as as a glimpse into a universe. Mm. It did an admirable job. Maybe it's partly
1: expectations, but uh, no, I, I, I enjoyed it.
0: Oh, people on the internet having expectations. <laughs> <you> th- <laughs> All right, what do you think, guys? Shall we talk it's, about yeah, the main it. event? <laughs> Sounds good, Danny. You want to tell us the title of the game?
1: Yes, we are talking Floppy Nights, a new game it's uh xbox and pc i think it's uh, like computer and and, and xbox i don't think it's on on switch or playstation it's a deck another one of these deck building hybrid games that 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 is very much in vogue right now but this one mixes it up with some tactical like tactics
0: games right the developer is rose city games and there's the same publisher as well designer is uh christian scandariato and i think it was released uh this in 2021 from what i read but it still feels fresh oh okay it was, it was day one on xbox game pass ka-ching ka-ching uh, as well so uh if you are on game pass you have no excuse to <laughs> to not play this game this game is a deck building turn-based tactical strategy game i sort of Compare it to, like, say, Advanced Moors meets Slay the Spire or Final Fantasy Tactics meets Monster Train or what have you. Um, <laughs> does everyone have familiarity with the, those types of games on, on this on this call? I assume you do, deck-building games at least.
2: Yeah, deck building games for sure. For me, the thing that made me excited to talk about this game was because it's a tactics game. I I Mm. grew up, I played Final Fantasy Tactics when I was, you know, 14, 15. Whenever I got a PS2 and then I went back and got Final Fantasy Tactics as a PlayStation game to play on my PS2 and then just fell in love. I played Tactics 2 on my whatever handheld game boy or whatever it was i, I i've played several fire emblem games i've played uh, Advance wars like those games are just so much my jam so i i was very <laughs> excited to talk about this and then you add in that the concept of deck building and your actions are dictated by the cards in your hand every turn i was i was very much drawn in by the whole setup of this right out of the gate
0: yeah, I have uh, about the same history as you. I My first foray into tactical strategy games was probably Final Fantasy Tactics as well. Although there are a few other titles, like some weird funky games on Sega Genesis, probably before that, that I have fallen out of my brain. But uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics, the original on PlayStation 1, was so mind-blowing for me. This was before I got into board games or tabletop games or miniature games or anything like that. So I guess it was foretelling uh, the fact that I would get into tabletop games later on because it really, you know, it's, it's, it's it. It's the digital form of a tactical game. You would play like a Warhammer or the translation is perfect for a tabletop player. Um, Why wouldn't you be into that? And those other games you mentioned are fantastic as well. Final fantasy tactics. They, there wasn't a true sequel. There's the spinoffs on game boy advance, I think there's two of them on there. Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and Advance Two. Played both of those. Those are beautiful. But uh, yeah, probably the game that's most popular still these days is uh, Fire Emblem because of its mm-hmm. success on mobile. How about you, yeah. Daniel?
1: Yeah, I, I missed the era of Final Fantasy Tactics and Advance Wars and all that. They don't, like, my my, my experience has largely come from like XCOM. Which is a very oh, different yeah. type of tactics, I yeah. guess. Uh, that's, that's much more about ch- chances to hit and that sort of thing. And whereas uh, I think Final Fantasy Tactics is more of the sort of deterministic type, right?
2: It, I mean, it had... Well, some of those games, like Fire Emblem and Advance Wars, definitely have that percentile thing. Okay. And there's a bit of like a rock, paper, scissors type right, of stuff in yeah. some of those. like. The you know the different weapon types can beat other ones easier, or like uh, in advance wars, you know certain types of units are better against certain ones. So I, I get that that idea of like the percentages within XCOM. I know
1: what you mean in those XCOMs, row- because it's more ranged, I guess is the, is probably the bigger thing. I guess because uh, even cover, you often have like. The idea of cover and cover in XCOM, for example, you often have like terrain bonuses and things like that in in, mm-hmm. in Final fin- in, in um, Fire Emblem, but yeah, the, the, other, the other ones I've really checked. I've played the most recent Fire Emblem and and quite enjoyed that, uh, and I've and a few others. There's um, Into the Breach comes to mind, which was a more of an independent sort of uh, run based. Uh, tactics game, but that was that was that was extra that was hundred percent deterministic down to the point where you saw like was ex- you knew exactly how much damage you were going to do, you knew exactly what the enemies were going to do on your next turn. So that was very much more of a puzzle idea. Yeah, uh, and say, playing with like time. Travel. Comparing
0: it to the retro titles, I would say that advanced Wars is more deterministic. Like you know the percentages going in, uh, and they'll give you a preview. Of uh how the units will do against each other. Final Fantasy Tactics does have dice rolls. They're hidden, Mm, but there's literal chance percentages that you can see. And even goes even further than that, like each character has a zodiac sign in that game. (laughs) And depending on which zodiac sign Uh, the two combatants have, their effects will also have dynamic based chance and effects. Uh it's it's kind of mind blowing if you think too hard about it. So (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to go too deep about that. But then there's also uh, digital deck-building games. How much experience yes. have you guys had with those? Um, how about uh, starting with you, Daniel?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I, mean I love deck-building games. One of my favorite uh, genres in board games. In terms of, of, of the digital equivalents, I've played a lot of Slay the Spire uh I, I, I especially i think that came out around the time my daughter was born and i had that on like every platform and so that was, that was a very easy game to play with you know a ba- baby stuck on your chest um i haven't really had a chance to check out any of the any of the more recent ones though because there's like there's monster Bo- once to train there's Ro- rogue book which i think his actual uh andrew garfield was involved in uh there's yes, the book. yeah totally. what's the one by clay The very much more narrative, Riftlands. Riftlands, Yeah, I really want to check out that, but uh, I just have
0: not got around to to trying them out. Area also has a tactical level, a tactical grid. Um, It's hex based, uh, and as Roguebook is as well, right? It's hex based. uh, Whereas um, this game, uh, Floppy Nights, is 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 uh, square based.
1: Um, Yeah, well, most of those are working towards uh, like more of a dungeon delving, like actual combat, like one on one. Yeah, roguelike or like, style. Yeah. With with the, I think the deck is still the main focus there. You're just using the deck to, to manipulate a a like a, a, a single battle. Where the, 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 I haven't seen any that are quite so involved in, in manipulating a whole battlefield, for example. Aaron, what what which of those have you have you played? Yeah,
2: I've played Slay the Spire and Rogue Book. I think both okay. of those are great. I mean Slay the Spire is one of the best games probably <laughs> ever made. Like, it's just mm. a board game or, card, uh, like, video game. It's just so well done, and I, I, I've spent, hour, like, hundreds <laughs> of hours playing that game kind of thing. So, yeah, I, this one is... I mean, I was thinking about it. This one is more of a deck construction game than yes. a deck-building game, right? Yes. Like, I mean, you... You don't build the deck during each battle. You you get new cards, and you can buy new cards, and you add those to your deck after the game. So it's actually closer to I don't know, like, like magic a Magic Gathering, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that type of thing, which which is Star interesting. And Destiny. I didn't,
0: yeah, yeah, Star Wars <laughs>
2: Destiny, exactly. I, I I didn't really think of that until just now as we're we're talking about it. I that I was like, oh yeah, it's a deck building game, but it's actually not. It's like a deck pre construction. And then you use that deck of cards to trigger the actions and move your people around and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Funnily enough, the industry really hasn't developed a language to differentiate those two. I don't feel like they're both are kind of referred to as deck builders to some extent
0: it is far more reminiscent to those digital CCG type games like magic arena or um, the one I like a lot is called eternal uh, where you, you construct your deck beforehand and you can manage multiple decks. Um, there's, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, one Master <laughs> something duel that's uh, pretty popular now. But it's kind of nice because you can try things out, you can mix things mm-hmm. up, whereas a game like Slay the Spire is a run, right? You're on the run, there's rules set up for that run, the courses you run into are set up the way they're set up, so you just have to kind of roll with the punches. It's a really good point because, like,
2: I there were times where I would start a match or, like, not a match, but like a a, a battle, and Mm -hmm. I would get like two turns in and realize, oh, the the deck that I'm running is not. Because, spoiler for those who haven't played at a time, you start to get more than one deck. You start with a plants deck, and then you get a monsters deck, and, and yada yada. And so I kind of built my decks in different ways to do kind of different things. And so partway through a battle, I'll know, oh, this deck is not going to work or, <laughs> or this deck could work, but I need to, you know, build, there is some, some of the missions that you get, you like only get to put out five and like monsters the entire match. So then I'm like, okay, I need to build a deck around putting out five beefy boys that I can have cards that will like buff them and make them stronger to keep them in the battle longer, and so that that's where that like deck construction kind of came in and, and made it interesting. I often don't care for deck pre construction type of games. Like no. I love Marvel Champions, but I'll just go with whatever deck <laughs> you know Final F- or Fantasy Flight makes for me, and I'm like, cool, let's shuffle it up and play. You know, so so it was interesting in this game that I actually was messing around with decks to fit a strategy and try and complete like a specific type of goal for, for whatever the challenges were in this game.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm much the same. I much prefer the sort of improvisational build a deck as you play. Like that is the game, uh, like Slay the Spire. I, I, I do feel that the decks in here are, are small enough. You're not, you're not building like a 60-card magic deck. At least they start you out fairly limited, so you can just add add a couple of cards here and there, so it's not a, it's not a huge demand in terms of customizing that uh, and it's pretty straightforward the inter- interface for for customizing that deck, so that was that that was surprisingly straightforward and i didn't um I didn't hate it <laughs> <that> I
0: way. <laughs> believe you're capped at thirty cards per deck, and basically you have like one configuration of each of the at least I saw three factions. You're right. It's the plants, the monsters, and then the gray boys or whatever the third deck is. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: And it has, has, uh, you have to have one sort of general, like a commander essentially. uh, And then five move cards. I think you have to have those. Uh, And Mm. then the commander comes with a sort of a bespoke card that that commander, like, sort of has an affinity with. And um, that's really cool, because even within a faction, there's multiple commanders. So the Plants has mm. two, the Monsters has two, the Grey Boys has two, and um, there, there may be more. I, I didn't finish the game, by the way. Did you guys finish the game?
1: No, I didn't, didn't even get as far as the third faction, to be honest. <laughs>
0: I, 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 got, I got
2: stuck in the second last boss. So, like, the... Oh not the last world, but the second last world, I got stuck
0: at that boss and then I was like, yeah, I don't want to fight this guy again. (laughs) Okay, I think you got a little farther than me. I think I got like to the fifth area? I think there's seven. Is that right? Uh, Maybe. I I don't quite remember.
2: I I just know I I was close. Yeah.
0: I thought the game was getting pretty boring until I unlocked the second faction and then it really opened it up for me. I too really enjoyed that experimentation. Sort of like encourages that, right? Like you kind of do have to have that trial and error mm-hmm. before you you know what a level is sort of demanding of you, right? Because they're mm-hmm. they're they're set up in certain ways. Like some of them are, you know, deathmatch sort of things, like kill all the enemies, and some of them are like last ten rounds, and some of them are protect
1: these two uh, points. Yeah, there's quite a large variety in, in objective types. I think you're right, Mark, in
2: that, like, as soon as that second deck opened up, because it doesn't it doesn't limit you from pulling some of those card the red cards and putting them in, them in your them. green deck. Mm-hmm. Right. So like and then when you open the black deck, now all of a sudden you can start mixing and magic way more. So it just as you open up new decks, it just offers more variety with your deck building so you could find a, a hero that you really like and that fits your playstyle, but then you can accentuate it with like even, you know, cards from totally different, different monster decks or whatever. And that's where some of the more intriguing depth comes in, in this game.
0: Yeah. And, and like Slay the Spire, I think the factions are pretty easy to understand. The plants are about sort of uh, healing generally and card draws, the monsters are movement stuff yeah yeah pretty good movement um card draws and movement i think and the monsters are about sort of like shielding or buffing like you can sort of like take damage and draw more cards or Mm. hit more or attack multiple times and the gray deck i I don't even remember what it's called is about (laughs) like like movement like kind of warping uh, yeah, it, like it the,
2: the gray deck actually became my favorite style, but the, I didn't have a set strategy with it mm-hmm. like I did with the other two. It was kind of an amorphous deck that became like, what do I need? <laughs> oh, let's hope this one <laughs> yeah, works.
0: I totally get you. I wish like Eternal or like Magic Arena that they just let you build like 20 decks and you could just yeah. like call mm-hmm. this one, you know, defense buff or this one like healing and this one, you know, chonky boys, like you said, you know, just have like, <laughs> tough, tough tanks because, you know, you sort of do just have to juggle them as mm-hmm. you go. But that was a fun little exercise in between levels. So I did See, enjoy it. My problem
1: that. was you, when you, you unlock the monster deck, but you only have like one like fight because your you, you, your commander is is what is a card in your deck and you have other secondary monsters that are also cards in your deck but when you start you unlock the monster deck and there's only one other monster is your commander and one other monster and like which the level that you unlock it not really enough to have any chance so you ha- you have to immediately then start mixing and matching it with the other with the plant decks before you even know what the monster deck is capable of and I would have liked them just to, just, just give me uh, a solid monster deck to to experiment and experience first before mm. like I'd rather having to unlock everything I guess that's where I kind of hit the wall
0: <laughs> I kind of varied between like light and lean 20 card decks and then really I tried to avoid the 30 card decks because they felt oh, a hard I'm a fat
1: I, I love I love I love me like putting putting one of, one of everything <laughs> just give, give me some variety give, chaos <laughs> I,
2: I, I started trying to keep it lean and then just started to bloat and bloat because mm-hmm. like one of the things is you earn coins in the game as you like complete right. missions and achieve the challenges and stuff like that but then you can spend that money to buy and fabricate new cards and and like duplicate versions of cards that you already have and stuff like that and so then all of a sudden i just i start bloating up my deck and i think it's to my detriment in the long run as i just am like yeah but i'll need this card and i'll need this card and, and i i i don't think i have a good balance for like getting that tight
0: engine rolling to get you through <laughs> yeah i think what i ended up doing was i ended up going for the bloat as well over time but some of the cards have a a delete function like many of these mm. games do it's yeah. like you use it and then it's gone which is not bad because you know that naturally sort of leans out your deck essentially i found that some of the cards were just objectively better than the base cards yeah. like some are some
2: are move like and attack. just do the whole thing right yeah yeah move and attack yeah and and heal. Heal. An attack. Yeah, yeah, attack.
0: yeah that kind of stuff yeah totally. they're just objectively better so you might as well get rid of the basics
1: yeah um, I mean, I, one thing I did ever understood was the difference between destroy and delete. They both say like this is removed from the battle basically, but one of them comes back, I think, and it was never really fully explained. Because like the, you've got, so you've got your commander. You've got your commander is a card. You play it, and when you when you do that, it adds two more cards to your deck. That I think you're like, you're guaranteed to get one of those each round or something. It was never, it was, it was a little complicated because it's abstracted away. Like you have decks, you have cards within cards. So it wasn't really a clear way of visualizing what exactly is in my deck at any given time. <laughs> I, I think I know the difference
2: is destroy is at the end of your turn, if you don't use it, it goes away. Oh, Whereas okay. delete is as soon as you play it, it's removed from your deck. I think that's the difference because there are times where you would trigger... Like an a, a, an action that gave you a bunch of cards, and then if you didn't use them, they would just disappear at the end of your turn. Right. So I would guess, I think that's what destroy means. And then delete is just as soon as you've played it, it's deleted from your deck.
1: That, that yeah, I there, think there was that's... there was some it was a little vague. I found at times to understand exactly what's going to happen if I play this card. Basically, that I would have liked a little clarity on. It definitely required some like trial and error. And so if you don't
2: care to give that trial and error you're like this is this is too opaque and i just am like i just want to experience it then yeah i could totally see how you would bounce off of it in a way mm. because you're like it's just not being clear enough for me to understand how this works
1: well there's some other information too like some of the ca- some of the like monster uh, the enemies that you're fighting, some of them had like special abilities that you couldn't actually f- you didn't have to find out unless like right click and go into their like full stats. I would have liked perhaps like some some other like uh, an icon or something to indicate some more information about each enemy without having to sort of go digging each time you come across a new one. You um, know what I really
0: liked about the overall design is that essentially the factions that you're fighting becomes the faction that you gain. After yes, you, yeah. You I,
1: I did like that. Yeah.
0: So initially you're fighting these goblins with your plant deck, whatever, and then you fight these monsters, and then the next deck you get is the monster deck, and it's like so you've
1: got a rough idea of what they're capable of when you get them.
0: Yeah, and when you do play out a character and it behaves a certain way, you're like, oh, that's why those guys were sucking (laughs) me to them. You kind of see both sides of it because it's being used against you and you you can use it against them. So I thought that aspect (laughs) of it was pretty cool for easing you into how the cards worked. The shop was really cool too because it, it incentivized you to play for the secondary condition of each level. So each mm-hmm. level has a primary condition to beat, which is the simpler, uh, uh, generally always the simpler of the tasks. And then the secondary one is kind of harder, like beat it within 10 turns or don't have anyone die. It's just a secondary condition. Mm. to, And I think, I don't know if you found this, but the secondary condition just gives you money, right?
1: I think it gives, you more, and it, does, it gives you another card, I think. There's two, I think you can unlock two cards for each mission. One from beating up and getting the secondary objective, and you get okay. some money as well. As yeah, you, no, as I really deeper, that. yeah, As you get deeper, it's more focused
2: on just like, here's some extra cash for doing it. Uh, but, okay. Yeah, but early on, it's just
1: like, here's more cards, here's more cards, get this train rolling a little faster. So. And it's a good way of encouraging you to try some strategies that you might not have thought to. Like there's the... Um, the what the, mon- the the monster one that I was stuck on for a while was like I think it was because your your main your main commander with the monster deck is if you take damage it increases your attack so for every health you lose you get extra attack and I think the bonus for that level was increase your attack to plus eight or something so you really want like uh, but you, you have to you, you have to use some extra cards to to get that. To get that much of a boost, so it like it really doubles down on, on a particular strategies that you might not have thought to, to optimize. So yeah, I, I quite like those little um, little nudges <laughs> to trying trying different things. Yeah, it, it, it almost gave you a little bit of
2: guidance on mm. what you should do, like because the goal of the mission was obvious. But then just to have this like secondary goal, it gives you something to be like, okay, that's what I'm gonna work towards as I very obviously am going to punch everything in the face while I do <laughs> mission, right? So I, I like those little secondary goals. I, I tried to complete them on pretty much every one until a certain point when i didn't and then i was like well i don't care
1: anymore i'm Mm, just trying to beat this game (laughs) yeah i figured i'd sort of double back at some point once i had more powerful cards and it would be much easier to do those rather than like playing the same level over and over again until you get it you're going to have more tools at your disposal at some point
0: (laughs) same here i totally agree um we, we keep talking about trial and error, and I think that's really at the core of this game. Is that you know, it's not a long game, even though we not, none of us beat it. Um, you know, ultimately the the content's going to run out, right? Because it has a fixed endpoint. But another aspect that I, struck me as different from games more traditional tactical games like uh, Advance Wars is that because of the nature that this is a deck building game, your starting draw hand, your hand draw, is going to necessitate a different course of action mm. or yeah. that at mm-hmm. that level. So I'm sure you guys ran into some levels where you had to just play over and over and over again. At least I did. Uh, some, some might be it on the first shot, but several of them I was like, I had to play like six times mm. because I just wasn't getting it. I wasn't tuning my deck, right. I wasn't choosing my card or some of them. I just had to play with that deck multiple times so I can get a good opening hand that had the mm. number of moves and or attacks or moves and attacks, like a decent balance of.
1: Yeah, in, in a traditional tactics game, if something goes badly, you lose, you can you can just come at, you know, everything's going to be the same at the start, basically. You just have to approach it from a slightly different angle, try a different technique, try a different strategy. Whereas see, you often just don't have those options, like, oh, I didn't draw the right cards. Oh, is, is my deck even the right type of deck I need for this. So it's hard to know where you're going wrong. Is it luck? Am I, am I losing because of luck? Am I losing because my deck is bad? Am I losing because my strategy is bad? But it's really hard to know where to improve sometimes. Uh, I mean, we, we talked a little earlier about like deterministic tactics versus um, sort of the more dice rolling ones. And I think this largely falls more on the deterministic side of things because enemies have a – like your, your attacks and enemies' attacks have a flat rate – Right, there's no dice rolling in attacks. You always do. Two, this enemy always does two damage. This one always does three damage. So you always have a rough idea what's going to happen, but you don't. know it's it's hard, very hard to guarantee what you what options you're going to have in order to counter that, which I struggle. I, I, I don't know if there's really a really a friction there between those two like the the luck of a card draw versus the deterministic elements of the tactics or whether i'm just looking for excuses about why i was bad at the game perhaps yeah i, I think there is perhaps something yes they don't they don't quite gel together 100%
0: i think that's the old magic pro gamer versus chess grand champion uh, philosophy right <laughs> is that you on a chess you can always Blame it on the no. I guess you could blame it on the player's individual psychology of that. Day. <laughs> They're in a good mood or not. They ate a good breakfast or not. But ultimately, you know, in any game of Magic: The Gathering, a uh, novice could beat a pro Magic player because of the randomization of the cards. The pro gamer could just get screwed on mana or whatever it is because of the randomization of the cards. But I think whether you're a novice or a Magic pro, you're already bought into it, right? You know that that's the nature that's the nature of the game. <laughs> you kind of have to be bought <laughs> in to and accept it. Otherwise, it'd be more deterministic, like chess. Mm. I mean, I think the the one
1: if there's something to be said about this, I think the the, the one issue is that say um XCOM or Final Fantasy Tactics, there, there there is absolutely a luck element there, but that 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 comes that luck element comes down to when you're taking the shot. I, I press the button, I take the shot, does it hit or not? Whereas here, that luck element is pulled back a level, is subtracted more. Like the luck is right. before you even get to play your your dudes, and so I, I think you, I, I I think I'd rather have the that more. Um, responsive sort of luck of the moment when you actually, like, that, that, that actually applies to the action you're taking. Like does my attack hit? Be, like a war be luck is? Yeah.
0: Like a yeah. to take the shot. Yeah.
1: It, it's interesting because like
2: there is no, there is no randomness in the, the actual battle side of things. No, that's all deterministic. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, so it's just a different, it's a different level of, it's all deck randomness and, and the enemy that's not random, right? They're going to mm. react based on an AI that's that's reacting to where you put your guys.
1: You can generally like, tell what they're going to try and go for gen- generally, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So you the only randomness in this game is the cards that you draw, which mm. I mean, so then it's it is it is closer to chess. <laughs> than, than like XCOM and Final Fantasy Tactics, which is which is interesting. I mean, so so, uh, Daniel, you're saying you like that output randomness of like a D and D, right? Of I think like so. A yeah. roll and and this this I've put myself in a good position, but I've le- I'm leaving it up to fate. Whereas uh, <laughs> in this game, it's it's very much like I have to tactically work with the hand that I have. But what can I do with my troops that I know will do this and this and this with the choices that I have in my hand, and so it it becomes less random and more tactical in in that sense. So I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it really in the long run, it's what you like mm. in your playstyle, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. So yeah. so for me, I I really I, I <laughs> really enjoyed this game because it is a fun mix of of tactics. And, and that like deck building randomness that I I draw my hand of cards and I have to work with this hand of cards. And so sometimes I have to be conservative, right? I can't push the the pace of this, this specific match because the hand of cards that I have, maybe I need to position myself to try and draw the enemy closer to me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with wasting a turn here and there (laughs) just to kind of set myself up for... For that success uh,
1: in the next round so and so that's just the different play styles for between you and i obviously and i guess with a with few exceptions there are there isn't really a hard time limit you can take your time get into position um and i think <laughs> that reminds me the one, one other issue i had is um i really would have liked an undo button oh, like, yeah. I, mean, I, I am not patient that's my problem so many times i play a card and a split second later I shouldn't have played that card. <laughs> I, <forgot laughs> I should have done this other thing first. And it, because it's deterministic, nothing's changed. that mm-hmm. I have no new information. So it wouldn't really have, have been an issue, I think, just to have an undo button. At least the start of the round. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah that's true. Yeah, I'm sort of reminded of the earlier discussion about Elden Ring and Dark Souls because I realized when I play that game, like I know I'm gonna die when I enter any area. I sort of have you you know in your heart of hearts that you're gonna die multiple times until you've gotten the layout of the land. You know, around this corner there's a guy on the right, you know, over here there's a guy hiding under this bridge or something like that. So you kind of die and you die and you die until you get the lay of the land and you know exactly what you're going to do, like Tom Cruise in that Edge of Tomorrow movie where you, know, <laughs> you, know, to you kind of have to play this these levels over and over and over until you know exactly the course that you're going to take with exactly the layout of armaments that you're going to use. That randomness is definitely down to play style and, and what you'll mm-hmm. enjoy. I, too enjoyed this game i think it's totally worth the time i probably started to get burned out around i don't know how you guys how long you guys played but probably around 10 or 10 hours 12 hours probably it's a tight it's a cute design we didn't even talk about yes the the art's fantastic it's really approachable uh cutesy Mm hand-drawn animation style the characters are really likable the very world, earnest, uh, <laughs> yeah. A
1: little, had... little tweak at times, but it's yeah, it's, right. it's, it's all very likable.
0: Yeah, kind of reminds me of like new My Little Pony slash like Steven Universe, yeah, yeah. Adventure yeah. Time ish. Very
2: cute, and every everybody like no one is that terrible in the world, but yeah.
1: Yeah, friendship will, and, and love will, will save us all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Apparently, I learned it's the same art director as Dicey Dungeons. Have you guys played that yes, one? That, yes,
1: yeah. I played a little bit of that, but that, that does sound look familiar, yes. I'm not yeah. surprised. They do look a lot
2: alike. <laughs> I thought I was like, are these made by the same company? But no, it's just the same art director. That's
1: cool. The one thing I didn't like was the sounds, the, like, the voices. It was all just electronic. I just found that very repetitive, and there was quite a lot of talking like just cut, long cut scenes and just that that constant noise <laughs>
0: irritated me a little bit i think right the music was pretty repetitive but what's there is pretty good i thought yeah. pretty
1: enjoyable so
0: i would say that for me this was a podcast
2: game like you yeah. i listened oh, yeah, to the podcast sure. while i played this game oh, because it had was pause the podcast while i read the story bits which are yeah. uh like you guys put in the notes fairly forgettable story wise. <laughs> like it's not it's nothing that it, that I was like, ooh, what's gonna happen next? Like it's all just like cutesy setup for each specific type of world or battle that you're in or whatever. But yeah, I, I didn't care for the story, but I love the tactics and so I just put in a podcast and I ignored all the bad sound effects and da 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 da
1: noises <laughs> and all that kind of stuff.
2: So Aaron, were you playing on console? Yeah I played on my Xbox.
1: Okay. See, so, yeah, I'm I'm curious what you thought of the of, of how well it plays on there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it worked well. You you moused over like if I needed information on a monster, I just drew drew my stick over to it and clicked on it, and it told me like where they're going to move and you know that kind of all the information that I needed mm-hmm. to be able to be like, what's the decision that I need to make here. So it was it was fine. The 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 interface and the controls worked really well for what I was using it for. I mean, maybe it was faster with a mouse and keyboard, but I've never been much of a mouse and keyboard boy. So
1: yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, because I played one session on on console and then switched to PC. And generally it's a much smoother experience there. Like dragging and dropping cards is very seamless. I just grab the card, drag it onto the field. Bam! Like it, it, it's not doesn't feel clunky at all. So I, I I do think it's very smooth gameplay there. A little more clunky on PC, but that's that's like with a console with, with a deck building game, it's always going to be uh, not perfect uh, interface. I think for for console, but it's, I think that one it's it's simple enough that it works pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I played on Xbox as well. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, we're probably hitting about time, so we should yep. probably leave our closing thoughts. I think we, we pretty much covered it for such a short game, I, I feel. Yeah. Ultimately, like I felt like this game would have been more appealing to me if it had some of those other qualities of those other games that we mentioned, Slay the Spire, Monster Train. I didn't see a lot of opportunity for replay here, but now that I think about it, I think that's just not the type of game it is. I think they designed it in a certain way. It's got a finite story. It's got a finite story arc. I think the replayability will come in the way that you, you know, try and get those secondary uh, achievements, Mm -hmm. the secondary conditions and deck build. Um, They
2: also have like a challenge mode. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. as you complete a world, it'll open up like, for special challenges for that are set in that world that are like near the whatever barn or whatever starting level thing so so there uh, there are some extra like challenges that go along with the game that are outside of the main story mode i did not play any of those because I a couple I was, and they were, they were,
0: they were i thought pretty
1: fun yeah just mixing yeah, up the, did they the feel mechanics different i think they i think they give you a set deck of cards so you, oh, okay. you you're you're not making your own deck. I think it's just like again, it's more improvised with what you're given. You know, I, I do like that that play, that play style more. It's like one, one, one less step of worrying about am I doing this right, basically.
2: Yeah, and it's built. I mean, obviously, that deck is catered to work with that challenge, either yes, to yeah. make it harder for you or whatever, right? So yeah. I, I, that's an interesting way of doing it. So mm-hmm. that gives you some replayability outside of the, the main storyline.
0: Like you, Aaron, I didn't hit that barn whatsoever. (laughs) It just seems sort of like tucked away in its own corner and quite forgettable. Like, I think Magic Arena and Eternal has those sort of like puzzle levels, right? With these five cards, beat this boss in one round or something like that. And those never really did it for me because it's, it's, it's literally a puzzle at that point
1: you know yeah.
0: I might as well be doing a sudoku or, or something like that there's only like one way to to solve it so don't love yeah. that ultimately for the zero money that i spent on this game the 10 hours <laughs> like, i enjoyed that entire time not, Even not where, every game has to be a forever game we, we have enough of those
2: no i mean that's the thing is this is an indie game i i would have been happy paying you know sub 20 bucks for this game and and gotten an experience out of it that that i enjoyed and and i mean it's just a bonus that it was on game pass and and all that kind of thing but like i i think for a for a fun indie game that's kind of playing in the world of like tactics mixed with deck construction i I had a lot of fun with it and i i definitely think if you have game pass and you like board games and video games this is a must try (laughs) Like, it's just like, yeah. try it and see if it's your jam. And mm-hmm. if not, cool, move on with your life, like Daniel did, because he, he <laughs> only played it more because we were forcing him to. But, like, it, it, you know, it's, it, it works really well. It fits our niche. And that's why when, it, when we all were trying to figure out what we were going to cover on this, this show, we threw out a few different ideas. But this was, in my mind, the perfect one for us to talk about mm. because it, it's just a nice melding of the two worlds in which we all live.
0: Yeah, that's really well said. I, I can't add much more <laughs> to that. You you covered all the spots. It, it is a perfect balance. Balance. If mm-hmm. you're an omni gamer like us, you like your your video games and your tabletop games. I think you'll you'll get a tickle out of this and play it as long as you know you have interest in it. It's 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 worth a stroll into that world. It's 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 fun to dally. You could that. easily
1: see this being a board game. You wouldn't need to change much. Like like Slay the Spire, for example, is, is is the the framework is built in such a way. Um, but there's so much randomization and, and, and thing that you wouldn't be able to do that whereas this, this I mean the fact that this is such a, a a guided experience does very much I think feel like a like a, like a board game. you could really do it, you could play it like a campaign um, board game. I could, I could see that, I could quite easily see that happening. Before I forget I, speaking of game pass there is another game for the same developer garden story I think it's called that just got added this week. Uh, it's it's a very looks like a very different type of sort of game. It's very again very cutesy, uh, more more of a Stardew Valley, collecting collecting items and, and selling it and things. But you're playing like a little berry or seed or something. Looks kind of cute. <laughs> if you go yeah, into these, very sure. I seen wholesome games is very much a thing right now, uh, and this very much fits into that. So I might might I might check that out one out next. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this looks so freaking cute. There's a grape. And
2: like a, a frog man and a cherry <laughs> all hanging out. Oh my goodness.
0: Yep, I'm, Valley in. With your fruit. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't know that that hit Game Pass. It, it's been out on Switch for a little while. Oh, okay. My youngest saw like a little profile of that in a magazine that I got out from the library, and I was like, Oh, I'll whenever it goes on sale, I'll pick that up. So nice. this is perfect. It's on Game Pass. Oh Game Pass. We just need <laughs> to be the Sponsor us.
1: Game.
0: Just give us all your money if possible.
1: Well they already have all our money. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's true. First amount. Uh well, I think that was a great a great coverage of a fun title. I'm kinda sad that our time is up though, uh Aaron, because that uh you're like Daniel said, you're just one of you're one of the team. <laughs> well, I do, I do
2: my best. I mean, I, I like I said every time I had you gents on, uh, we are Omni Gamers. Like, I, this is the world that I live in. I, I love board games. I love video games. And so they, this is just this. And especially my, the newer format that I've been doing for the last, whatever, two years on my podcast is video games and board games. <laughs> so it, it works really well. So thank you for having me.
0: Oh, of course, anytime. And as we've talked about, there's so many games that have crossover appeal to both those audiences. We could we could really talk about <laughs> it at length more and more and more. Aaron, do you want to give a shout out with more detail about where people can follow you mm-hmm. on both podcasts?
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you want to hear me talk about board games and for some reason you haven't listened to the podcast, even though both of these wonderful humans have been on the show. <laughs> Uh, It's called Boards Alive. You can find me on Twitter at Boards Alive or the website is BoardsAlivePodcast.com. And it has all the episodes from that show as well as all the episodes from the other podcast I do with my partner called Cult Classic Callback. It's a classic movie and TV show podcast where my wife and I, we just missed out on a ton of stuff growing up. (laughs) Uh, Stuff like E.T., uh, we just did an episode on the last Starfighter. We did, We've done, you know, Alien, all sorts of uh, Goonies, you know, all these movies that we just never watched growing up, and so we we watch them. But we have a special guest on every time that loved that thing, and so we watch it. They rewatch it, and we say we talk about it and say like, it, did we have fun with it? Is it hold up after all these years? All that kind of stuff. So it's kind of nostalgic uh if you if you think that's interesting to you check out uh check out the feed and pick like a movie that you love and just listen to that we've we've had all sorts of different guests on both from the board game world as well as like not the board game world uh and so yeah just pick pick a movie or a tv show that you love that we covered and and listen to it and then you'll Decide whether or not
1: we're worth your time there. So, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I love things. the pod. My only problem is I've not seen any of those movies either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, Daniel, you're a young boy, uh, so like <laughs> most of these movies weren't even made when you were alive. So I, I, I'm not too. I'm not too surprised <laughs> that you missed out on some of them. So what's up next on
1: the on the playlist there?
2: Ah, uh, we are actually we were supposed to be doing beaches. But then Mm -hmm. the guests that we were having on, we have to reschedule. So we're actually kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do for August. (laughs) But uh, we just had our patreon chosen episode that we just did called the uh, about the last starfighter so that was a wild sci-fi video game themed (laughs) movie so folks that like video games uh that was there were video games in it and so we had suzanne sheldon uh from salt and sass games on she's wonderful and and she that was her third time on the podcast (laughs) Uh, it was a delight to hang out with her and and do all that. So uh, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to do next, but I'm sure it'll be something ridiculous because that's (laughs) just how the 80s and 90s films seem to be at this point.
1: Excellent.
0: Well, stay tuned last starfighter was like the original matrix for me I mean, <laughs> it has that twist at the end and uh, i won't give it away and there's a callback to there's a reference to last starfighter in a game that we covered called guardians of the galaxy
1: oh see i would have missed that <laughs> oh I, mean, I, I need
0: to mark you might need to tell me what the reference I think is it's it uh, I, I don't, my some use of the stuff <laughs> they made was licensed and some of it was made up, but those, I think it was a made up like movie poster in the bedroom. Oh referencing like ah. a setup like the last Starfighter. So that's a gotcha. light touch reference to it. Also the general plot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a fine, fine choice. Awesome. Uh so excited that to have you on, Aaron. And I, I if I have anything to do with it, this won't be the last time you're on. <laughs> yes, thanks so much for joining us. If yeah, you bet.
2: let me let me know when when y'all want me to talk at you more and I, i'm happy to join
0: you at this point we typically uh talk about the next game that we're going to play but i don't know if we decided on one did we daniel um, i think we've tentatively picked on one but
1: we'll say that we're um we'll allow ourselves the opportunity to change that if necessary
0: <laughs> sure and what was that game then
1: uh, well, since we're going back to board games, uh, we're going back to a classic that was just been added to a board game arena that neither of us have played. That is Tigris and Euphrates. Oh, Aaron, have you played that at all? I have. I used to have the app on my phone. And
2: I'm not a big fan of it. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's just too it's too abstract for me. I mean, I, I am too dumb to be good at that game,
1: and so <laughs> I always I always lost to the AI on my phone. I'm already surprised how abstract it is. I had a very different game in mind, so but, but I'm curious to dig into it. Obviously, so uh, it's a, yeah. lot, lot, a long time been a been a favorite. They're out of
0: print right now, I believe. So it's been hard to to get to get yeah. uh, hands on. I need to learn that game. I ha- also have an app version of it, so I'll try it out there a few times. I'd like to suggest as a fallback, maybe we could play Grand Austria Hotel. Yes,
1: yeah, if we can, if we can uh, learn some games on uh, on Yeah sure well, <laughs> okay please, we'll stay
2: tuned and we'll come those those grand austria hotel games
1: i will play that
0: game, <laughs> y'all. Ooh, that game do that i for... do need to track it down
1: oh, a copy cool. of that game because like the, the deluxe edition has like tiny little pastry tokens and and Ooh. all kinds of fancy <laughs> I just, <laughs> my, that, my... I, that i need to not eat so
2: <laughs> yeah my friend just 3d printed a bunch of pieces for me for that because I I love the game so much and there's like an expansion that's coming out this fall like if oh, I lovely. get SM is is like the the expansions coming out so yeah no I uh, I love that game so I would I would definitely play that if you
0: want me to play that with you No well I think if there's an expansion coming out why don't we do it in the fall mm-hmm. coinciding with the expansion and we can kind of it would be a nice timing thing sure good time to <laughs> back too. Awesome, Aaron. Well, that I'm really excited now to play some more games and uh, really excited that it seems like we'll have another chance to talk to you. You bet. Well, thank you so much. We don't have a, a way to wrap up the show, so keep playing games, all sorts of games. Game of on.
1: Games Give us a catchphrase, Aaron. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> 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 Thanks, <Club>. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Book it. If you re- record that for, for a little stinger or something.
2: <laughs> That's my entry <Andrew> exit. <laughs>